Uh, we just prayed. Let's get going here. So last week we didn't get very far, and I want to finish this up today. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, <clears throat> and we're going to wrap up this chapter as uh, Paul has addressed a lot of different marriage-type issues. Uh, he's kind of went through it all, and you can go back and listen to all that. And so this last section <clears throat> I titled, if you were here last week, you kind of know, but we didn't get very far to the points. But <clears throat> last, last week we... Uh, the question was, what about the unmarried? That was the title. What about the unmarried? Because he gives a lot of instructions about, you know, if, if he at the very beginning he, he makes a couple comments about unmarried, but then he goes into, you know, married folk, this is how this should look. Uh, if you've been divorced, here's kind of some guidelines. And then he's like, you know, here's what your life should look like, holy unto God, all those things. And then he gets into uh, verse 25. Oh, shoot. Spilled coffee. <laughs> uh, he gets into... Uh, verse 25, and uh, he he's like, now we have this other thing that we need to uh, kind of address. And so, uh, too often, and especially like when we get into what we're getting ready to do this marriage class, and uh, we're like, yeah, we want all the married people to come. We want all of our people who uh, have decided to be married, and it leaves single people out. And it makes single people feel like, well, just because I'm, I'm not married, am I... Like, what do you mean? And that was one of the things that God really impressed upon me early on was like, if, if all the married people in here would have heard this stuff before they got married, how much better off would they be? Right? And so I think of it this way. Um, I always, I'm, I'm always looking for a good analogy, some way that I can make my brain attach. So like anytime you go and you see um, like a sporting game or something like that. So we went to a high school football game the other night. What do you know about that? Like all the time. It's really good. I really enjoy it. But uh, so the team that uh, the boys played the other night, um, the, I, I don't know any other way to say it. They weren't that good, right? It was, yeah, Pam said it better. It, it was it was, it was bad. Um, and really every team we've played so far has been kind of like that. But anyway, so they weren't that good. And so a lot of times you're like, is it lack of, Talent? Well, maybe. But uh, sometimes it's just lack of preparation. Like, a lot of times when you come out of a, a, a sporting game and you're like, we really could have, like, I don't know, that team with the best preparation still may have fallen short. But a lot of times it's just lack of preparation. It's like we just didn't prepare ourselves right. And so I think I, I liken that to marriage. And, you know, too often people are like, well, we got married and we just found out that we are just not alike. We just couldn't make this work. And, like, uh, a lot of that is lack of preparation. Uh, one, if you were that much uh, not like each other and you didn't get along that well, you would have found that out before you did it. And two, you also would find out that a lot of marriage is, is work and it takes a lot of uh, labor and it, it, like there's a lot that goes into it. It's not always as much as you want to Candace and you know, I, I'm sorry to be like this, but as much as you want to think that I'm just gonna love you because I love you, um, yeah. So no, I just I'm just kidding. I just meant, uh, but that sometimes falls away, and love becomes a choice. And honestly, um, a lot of times the the <laughs> don't mess up his hair, man. Uh, oh, I know. A lot of times that I found is. When you choose to love more than when you feel to love, it, it's actually better. Um, it, it comes across more genuine. It comes across more, like, 
it's, it's one thing, well, we'll get into all that when we get to the marriage class. I'm just, what I'm saying is, too often when we get into things like this, we just leave out the single people. And Paul, he's like, okay, so we've talked a lot about this, but we need to address this other issue over here. And so what about the unmarried? And so in the world of, of what was happening in 1 Corinthians, the, the Christian movement is kind of blowing up, but at the same time, uh, the, the governments of the world, they were not super happy with it because, like, you're going to serve who? No, you're supposed to serve me. And so, uh, you know, there's Christians uh, losing their life, and there's a lot of things going on. So a lot of the things that Paul is going to say is because of, like, hey, is this really the best time for you to step into something? You know, it, the world, it would be like, praise the Lord, we don't live in a situation like this, but, like, if you were to uh, live in Ukraine right now, and if I had, like, a daughter, a young daughter, or even a young son, uh, I, my advice might be similar to what Paul is giving right now. Like, is this really the the time that you want to step into something like this? You have no idea what tomorrow is going to hold. And that's kind of what was going on in the world, to liken it to something that we might be able to track with our minds with right now. So things to remember as we get into this, Paul, he's answering questions that they had asked of him. So this isn't just stuff that he said, hey, I want to talk about this. They had kind of asked him. Uh, he's already made some comments about uh, singles in the beginning of the chapter, but he's really going to get into this. And the world is in a transition period. And so... Uh, he uses the word virgin in verse 25. Now concerning virgins, uh, here's what that means. In case you weren't here last week, I'm going to give you the definition and then we've got to get moving. Uh, a virgin is a maiden, an unmarried daughter. That is what the definition is. It is a maiden, an unmarried daughter. It generally signifies a maid, meaning uh, a female, uh, but it also frequently in the Word of God denotes unmarried people of both sexes. And Paul uses it in, that, it uses it in both contexts here. So he, he's talking about unmarried people in general when we're talking about this. Okay, so here's where we're at. And so uh, as, as we get into this, uh, I've got uh, five questions, right? And so ha have any of you... I used this analogy last week, and I never have, um, hopefully sometime in the future. But, you know, you, you see these uh, people who, they go and they see a financial advisor. Somebody that's like, I, I want to invest my money wisely. And so I'm going to go to somebody who uh, is an expert on this. And, like, what is the best way that I can, for the be lack of a better uh, word, uh, get the most bang for my buck? Right? We know that we can take our money and put it in the bank and, you know, you might have like three extra cents at the end of the month because, you know, that's, just, that's how it is. But we also know that if you uh, invest it wisely, um, you might lose it much more quickly in the stock market. Or, you know, for the most part, you could, uh, you, it, it could uh, multiply. I'm trying to think of the right word. And so, Yes, increase, but, but if you invest it wisely in safe stocks, you can see that grow, and that's, that's what financial advisors do. And so, you know, people will go to a financial advisor and like, okay, this is what I kind of want to do. And a lot of times a financial advisor, instead of just saying, this is what you should do, they ask you questions like, where are you at in life? Uh, you know, what are your goals for, you know, are you wanting to retire next year? Uh, or you're wanting to retire in 30 years? Like, how quickly do we need to try to, you know, they ask questions to kind of gauge the situation. So I liken what Paul is doing here to the same type of thing. Only instead of your financial advisor, he's more of your spiritual advisor here. And he kind of has some, he doesn't come right out and say them, but if you kind of read between the lines, some questions uh, that he has for you if, if you're going to come and see him as far as like, what should I do with my life moving forward uh, as a single person and whatnot. And so uh, in verse 25, he picks this up and he says, Now concerning virgins, 
I have no commandment of the Lord, meaning I don't have express doctrine. But, he says, yet I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy to the Lord to be faithful. So I, I at least have some authority here. I suppose, therefore, it is good for the present distress, meaning the world that they live in is a mess. Uh, I say that it is good for a man so to be, meaning single. Uh, art thou bound? Yeah. Art thou bound? To a wife, seek not to be loosed. Are the loose from a wife? Seek not to seek not a wife. But if in the uh, but and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, uh, such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. So basically, what he says, and the, the first question he kind of asks is, Are you at a point in your life where a change needs to be made? Like, hey, have you turned the TV on lately? Which I know they didn't have TV at the time, but it's like, have you seen the news? Things aren't so good for people like us right now. Like, we're Christians, and people are, uh, well, they're trying to kill us. And is that really where you want to be in your life? Like, do you really need this extra everything in your life right now? And so he basically says, are you at a point in your life where a change needs to be made? That's kind of what he says. He says, the world we're living in is messed up. It's kind of like today. The world we're living in is messed up. Are you sure that what you're ready to do is take on that extra responsibility too often people are like yeah i want to get married so i can you know be married in bed for a sunday morning pg term of like but a lot of times they don't think through uh i promise you just stepped into a lot of extra work and you might even think that well it's not it can't be that bad i'm just telling you if you're going to do it right if you're going to do it biblically if you're going to do it god's way you just stepped into a lot of extra work like, too often we're like, oh, I don't have to do those things. You're right, you don't have to. You know, just have an okay marriage. Have a marriage that, you know, just kind of isn't that great. Now, that's up to you. I'm just telling you, if you want to have a marriage that is great, that is God-glorifying, it, it takes work and a lot of it all the time. Investment, like all of those things. And so I'm just I'm just saying, so are you to point in your life where a change needs to be made? I'm not going to go in depth into that because we talked about that point last week. So let's move on. Verse 29. We only got through one point last week, right? No. Uh, that's what I thought. Okay. Verse 29. Yeah, we got to keep moving. But I say, this I say, brethren, that the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they have, uh, be as though they have none, had none. And they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as uh, not abusing it, for the fashion of the world passeth away. But I would have you without carefulness. I'm sorry, we're going to stop there. Yeah, stop at verse 31. Here's your next question that Paul kind of says, Hey, uh, here's, here's, you know, you, you're asking me what I think, so I'm just going to see where you're at. Uh, have you considered the market conditions? Uh, have you considered, and notice I don't say, have you considered the market? It's not saying, hey, is that the best person you could marry? That's not what he's saying at all. He's not saying, hey, there's... There's a better fit over here. Uh, he says, have you considered the market conditions? Have you looked around? Um, he really gets in depth into, like, have you seen what's happening with the world? Like, the, the analogy he keeps making, uh, this person who has this, but uh, as though he has none, what he's basically saying is, you might not see tomorrow. And there, he's saying the end of the world is imminent. At the time that this is going on, people read this and they're like, see, that's why your Bible's not true, because he was saying the world was going to end immediately. And uh, what I'm saying is, like, the signs of what were going on, Christians being persecuted, all these different things, uh, it, it looked like it was going to be done very quickly. It looked like the rapture might happen right now. And so, uh, you know, you start seeing things like that in today's world, and I'm just saying, you might want to start being ready. And so what he's trying to say is, like, 
Have you considered what this might look like? Have you considered the fact that you might be asking a young lady to uh, commit herself to you in marriage and that tomorrow you might die and then she's left with nothing? Like, have you considered that? You know, he's not just saying, are you considering it for yourself? But do you understand the burden that you might be placing this other person under? And the culture that they lived in, when you left mom and dad's house, you left mom and dad's house for good. Like, you are now a widow, in that culture, it was different than today. You know, today we love to see our, our daughters go and get married, and that's awesome. And if things don't work out, they can always come back home, right? That's what we teach our kids. In, a, in the right situation, yes, you should always be able to. In, in other cultures, it's like a burden to the father to get his daughter out of the house. Like, yes, I want you to go get married. And by the way, find the richest guy you can because I want him to pay dowry to me. And if it doesn't work out, well, you're not my problem anymore. And so that's what he's trying to say is, have you considered what you might be bringing this, this young lady into? Like, yeah, you get married and everything's great, but what happens if uh, you're no longer here? Then what for her? Do you, do you really care for her the way you, you're saying you do? Or in, in the same way in other, other contexts. So the point that you need to think about is, like, have you considered what's going on in the world that we're in? And I'm not saying that, like, None of this matters today. Like, well, we don't live like that today. Uh, it's still wise to have you considered, you know, the conditions of the world that we live in today and make sure that that is the, the wisest decision for you. Also, go back. I'm not trying to talk anybody out of it because he does say in verse 28, but and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. It's not like you're in sin if you do this. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of wisdom, right? It would be like if somebody came to me and was like, hey, I think I really want to, to get married. And I'd be like, that's great. Marriage is awesome. It's one of, the, one of my favorite things about life. Um, but I'm, I, I would really love to sit down and have some heart-to-heart conversations with you um, for several weeks just to make sure that, like, are you, are you sure that you're ready for this? Are you sure? That's why we do uh, what we call premarital counseling around here. Uh, too often, not always, but too often, the couple's like, yeah, I'll do it because I go to church, and you know, if I don't, then it'll look like I don't care. But uh, you know, what we're really trying to do is actually prepare you. We're, we, you know, we, want, we don't want you to go and you know, just get slaughtered by the other team here. Like, we want there to at least be a good game, right? We want to prepare you the best way that we can for what, as much as I hate to say it, I know what's coming. I know I've... I, I've seen this movie. I know how it ends. I know that, you know, you won't always be just gazing into each other's eyes because you want to, right? And so it, it's work, and that's why we do these things. And so, you know, it doesn't mean that if you didn't go through, pre, through premarital counseling, you're like, you're, you're doomed. I'm just saying, like, if you have the opportunity, you should do it. If you have the opportunity to counsel people, you should do it. Why? Because you want to give people the best option or the best uh Available, availability to like to grow and to be what God wants them to be. That's one of the reasons I'm doing this marriage class. Not because like I just really want to talk about marriage. It's kind of like awkward to talk about, it. and you know the the things that really need to be said are kind of like I don't really know that I want to be the guy to say it. I mean, I will, but you know, I my wife might have to leave for a little bit as we talk about certain things. I'm just saying, like I don't know, but somebody's got to say it. It just has to happen. Why? Because like. It will help people grow. So, you know, that's the point. So, have you considered... He's just saying, hey, have you looked around at the world? Like, are you sure this is what you want to do? That's what he's trying to say. He moves on in verse 32. There's a lot more I want to say there, but i got to keep moving. In verse 32, he says, But I would have you without carefulness. What does that mean? Uh, He's basically saying, like, don't tiptoe around this. Like, you need to hear what I'm trying to say here. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried... Careth, uh, careth for the things 
that belongeth to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, how she may... Uh, how she may be holy, both in body and spirit, but she that is married care for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Verse 35, And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare among you or upon you, but for that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. The, the, the third kind of question he poses here is, um, what exactly, where exactly are you wanting your priorities to be at this point in your life? Where exactly, unmarried people, are you wanting your priorities to be in life? He's being very black and white here. I, I really like Paul in most, most situations because he's just like, this is what I'm asking you. Like, I'm just telling you, once you get married, all this free time, because I know that's what single people do. They give all of their free time to the Lord. They, everything they do is for God. It's, you know, never selfish. It's never like, I just want to, everything that they do is for the Lord because that's what married people do, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> the point is, like, everything you do, every downtime you have, isn't like, hey, could I give it to God now? Now, as a married person, he's saying, now the first question you always have to ask yourself is, um, where would my spouse be on this? Are we going to be of one mind and one accord on this? Well, what, is, what are their thoughts on this? It's not like, hey, I want to go to bed early tonight, and so I'm going to go to bed early. Well, does she have things that she needs me to help with? It's not like, hey, I'm going to go and go shopping with the girls because he might be like, hey, we were going to go and do this instead. And so all of the freedom, let's just call it what it is, that you have as a single person, and I say that very flippantly because I don't even know what it was like to be a free person. Like I got married when I was 18 years old, praise the Lord. Because God probably knew how jacked up my life would be if I wouldn't have been married. But anyway, like all of the freedom that you have to... Even if you were like, well, I don't really do crazy things. I'm just saying, like, you got to make your own decisions all the time. And I'm not saying when you're married, you don't make your own decisions. But what I am saying is when you're married, you don't make your own decisions. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you make decisions together now. You have every opportunity to have input in that decision. But if you don't learn to compromise very quickly, uh, you will learn to sleep on the couch very quickly. Um, you will learn to uh, be uh, at odds all the time. And I'm not saying that some people will hear that and say, well, not in my marriage. I'd do whatever I want. I'm like, well, it must be great to be married to you. Uh, I'm just saying if you don't learn to compromise very quickly in marriage, it's no longer what you want. And it's no longer what they want. A lot of times that's what the kids want, right? But no, it, it's, it's what works best together. And what he's trying to say is like, you no longer are available all the time for the Lord. You know, you, you young man who could have been called to be a missionary like today, you know, who knows? You might, you know, just get fired up and say, I'm going to go. And now all of a sudden you're like, well, wait, you know, is my spouse willing to follow? Is she willing to submit in those things? Like, there's a lot of things that you have to consider. And so Paul's just like, I'm trying to be completely honest with you. You no longer will have the freedom, Right. And so where exactly are you wanting your priorities to be? Now, you might be the person that's like, I have to be married because if not, um, well, it says earlier in the chapter, like, you know, my loins are burning. And uh, like, if I, I don't want to be burning. And so I, I, I misspoke last week because I was speaking very quickly. I don't know if you've noticed I ever do that. But uh, I referenced that, you know, he says, let me back up because I just remembered this. Uh, in verse 
8, he says in, in chapter 7, I say therefore to the unmarried and to the widows, it's good for them to abide even as I, meaning stay single. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it's better to marry than to burn. And very quickly I was like, yeah, you don't want to burn in hell. That's not what he's talking about because he's talking to uh, the saved church at this point. What he's saying is uh, it's better to be married than to have this burning desire for something that you shouldn't be desiring, right? It's very normal for a married person to have a burning desire. Well, that's one of the great benefits of marriage. It's not okay for you to have that desire and those thoughts as a single person. So that's what he's saying. So I wanted to clarify that. I, I wasn't like teaching false doctrine. It just, was, just came to my mind. So anyway, you, you don't, your priorities are different. As a married person, is there anybody in here that's married that would be like, you know what, I don't, I don't believe a word that you're saying, Jason. Like, because tell me about it, man. I, I want to know how that works because everything that I do, and it's a choice now. It's, a, it's a, a choice that I make because I want to. But there was a point in my life where it wasn't. It was something that I, was, I, I had to do. But it is a logical choice now that no matter what I do, you know, save get up and go to work in the morning because if, if, if we don't, you know, things are going to struggle very quickly. But everything that I do, I consciously make the, I consciously make the, the decision. Like, I wonder what Paige thinks about this. I wonder how that's going to work well in the ministry, in our lives, in our marriage, with our kids. Everything that I do. It's just a logical choice. It's something you train your mind to do. And it's something that I, I like to do now because there's a lot of times that I might be like, hey, this is a really good idea. And I tell Paige and she just looks at me like, have you lost your ever-loving mind? And she never has to say it because usually the look says enough. And I'm like, but I was thinking that, but I wasn't really wanting to do it. And so what do you think? And, you know, anyway, if you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, sometimes you learn and you grow. But the point here is like, you're no longer... You know, you're no longer at it on your own. You know, just because you're like, hey, what do you want for dinner? And they're like, I don't care, whatever you want. That doesn't mean it's whatever you want. <laughs> that means you can pick as long as it's this, this, or this, because you know I don't like that, right? It's no longer. You have to learn those things. It's, it's part of knowing your spouse and growing together. And, like, it's no longer like, well, uh, Paige has submitted herself to this. She knows this about me, like, she will never have Chinese food again in her life unless she's eating when I'm not there. Like, it's just something that she knows. I don't like it. And, and every now and then, I will even, like, suffer through it for her. But, like, she just knows. Like, if we're ever, like, going to dinner and it's like, hey, what do you want? And she might be like, I really want Chinese. She will never in a million years say, you know what? I really want to go have Chinese because she knows that about me. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you should always have Mexican. Like, I'm just saying. But I just like there's things that you learn and it might be something that you just learn to selflessly give up certain things. Now, that's something very flippant. But what I'm saying is like you might have things that are super important to you, but you find out that it's completely opposite for your spouse. Is that going to be like a deal breaker? Well, we're getting divorced because he won't eat Chinese food. No, you learn to compromise. You learn to grow together. Why? Because it gives God glory. People look at you and you're like, well, that's not even how you were before. And you're like, yeah, but you know what? It's so small for me to compromise on that area to make our marriage grow. And then they look at that and they're like, wow, maybe I ought to try something like that. You know, your testimony in your marriage will say more than any, anything else. So anyway, he's like, where exactly are you wanting your priorities to be at this point in your life? Because it's going to be different. That's what he's trying to say. He's not saying, hey, you can't get married. He's just saying it's going to look different. Are you sure? That's like when I come to my financial advisor and I'm like, I, 
I would, I, I would like to retire in two years. Like, my back's starting to hurt. And he's like, okay, where are you wanting priorities to be for the next two years? Because you're going to have to invest, you know, everything you make plus, you know, ten times that for the next two years. So where are you going to come up with that? Money? Where are you wanting your priorities to be? You know, you're just not, are you, are you willing to not eat for the next ten years so you can retire? Or, okay, that's what he's trying to say. Like, you, you have to be realistic about it. Well, I want to get married, uh, and I want intimacy every night, and I want her to submit to me all the time. And she's like, I want to talk all the time, and we, you know, we will look, and we'll stare into each other's eyes, and we'll talk about the things that we always wanted to do. And what I'm telling you is, like, what you want and what marriage gives you are completely different. And are you willing to grow through that? That's what he's trying to say, right? And so, moving on, verse 36. I think you guys know these things, but Paul's like, y'all ask the question, so I'm just saying. Verse 36. He switches gears here for a minute. He says, But if any man think that he behaveth, behaveth himself uncomely towards his virgin. Now, remember, go back to the definition of virgin just for a minute. It is a maiden, an unmarried daughter. So if you're talking about, in the context that he says, if he behaveth himself uncomely towards his virgin. So if I was to have a virgin, who would that be? It, it would be my daughter. So he switches gears for a minute, and he's like, okay, I want to address this as well. But if any man think that he behaveth himself uncomely towards his virgin, towards his daughter, if she pass the flower of her age and need so require, let him do with it he will. He sinneth not, let them marry. Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but hath power over his own will, and hath uh, so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin, doeth well. So he that giveth her in marriage, doeth well, but he that giveth her not in marriage, doeth better. He's giving advice to fathers here because we're talking about unmarried people. And he's giving some advice to fathers. Uh, he's just like, hey, um, it's totally cool. Like, even in the world we live in, if your daughter, it's, it's okay for you to give her in marriage. But in the, the world we live in, it might be wise for you to just be like, should, should you maybe just hold for a minute? Should you maybe just, like, I know that this is something you want, but is this the best thing that you could do right now? And um, in one of my Bibles, I've had several over the years. I think it might be my big Bible that I used. Uh, it, next to this passage, um, I like circled it, highlighted I don't remember what I did, and I wrote to the side, Hallie's never getting married. Because you guys know I have a daughter. And I was like, see, it is godly. I never have to give her up. I never... And so there's certain things. You can hold me to it. You could find, maybe it was one of the ones that fell apart. But anyway, I remember writing this vividly. But here's what I would say to the dads in the room. Um, it, it might seem like, yes, see, I don't have to give you in marriage. Um, make sure you understand the desires of your kids. Um, I've learned very quickly, my daughter's only 13 going on 14, that um, she will not remain unmarried for her entire life. It's just not in the cards for my daughter, and that's fine. Um, so now I've switched my prayer from keep the boys away to God, make sure that you bring the right person into my daughter's life. Because if not, they're going to have a really hard time. Um, and when I say they, I mean the young man, because it better be the right young man. So what I'm saying is he's giving advice. He's just saying, hey, um, you know, what? you don't have to do this, but it's okay. So here's the next question, the fourth question. Uh, he says, what is your end goal here? Uh, as a dad, what's your end goal? Is your end goal to basically say, uh, you're fine to live with me and mom for the rest of your life? I don't have to give you in marriage. Now, the world we live in today would say, well, I'm just going to do it anyway, Right. You know, because they don't follow the Bible, and they don't, you know, what's the only commandment that the Bible gives to children, <coughs> specifically, directly? Obey your parents, right? And kids are like, well, I, I'm just saying, like, 
There's a lot of things that he tells husbands to do that I'm like, I don't really want to do that either. There's a lot of things that he tells fathers to do, all these different I'm just saying, specifically, directly, there's only one commandment that is 100% directed at children. It says obey your parents. Why? Because there's protection in it. Because when you stand before Christ, you might be like, I did what they told me to do. And he's going to be like, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'll take care of that with dad. Right? I'll, I'll address that with them. And so that's, there's a lot of peace in that for wives as well when it says to submit. Like, I'll take care of that with your husband. And we'll get into the details of that in depth uh, at the marriage class because there's a lot of things that need to be said. You know, I'm not saying that you need to drive the getaway car because your husband wants to rob a bank. You, know, you need to tell your husband he's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Nice yes, I, I'm just saying like there there are things we will get into all of the details of that. Okay, I'm not saying well, I don't even have time to even start down that road right now. The point here is uh, he says, "What's your end goal? Are are you are you raising this girl up to give away, or are you have every intention of raising her up just to keep her?" It says that he that giveth her in marriage doeth well; he that keepeth her doeth better. Right? It, it's okay either way is what he's saying. Um, you know, it, it, the dads in the room understand what it means by he that keepeth or doeth better because you understand that you might find the perfect person for your daughter and he's still not going to love her as much as you do. That's what that's kind of referencing. Like, he that, he that giveth or doeth well, like you can find the perfect man for your daughter and feel completely okay with it. But I'm just saying, like, he's still not going to care for her the way that, that I think I can. That's what he's, that's what he's referencing there. It's like, it, it's okay either way, but, like, I'm just saying that's how this goes. And so the last one, uh, the last question uh, in verse 39 and 40, what do you want this season of your life to look like? He switches gears here just a little bit, uh, and he's not really talking about first-time singles now. He just addresses this thing really quickly. Uh, he says, the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she's at liberty to be married to whom she will, only in the Lord. So he, he switches gears for a minute. He's like, uh, just in case you were wondering, uh, there are some, some rules as far as like if, if you are widowed. And so you would be single still at that point, but you're, you're not a virgin anymore. But he's like, if you're widowed uh, in the sense of a, a woman, he says the wife is bound to the law as long as her husband lives. What does the law say? The law says figure it out and be married. That's what the law says. Uh, it's, that's Jason speak. It doesn't really say that in the Bible, but it says figure it out, uh, stay married, uh, work it out, give God glory. That's how you give God glory. Is that. Okay, so, uh, but if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will. Only in the Lord. means don't go marry a lost dude. It's not going to do any good for anybody. But she is happier if she uh, so abide after my judgment. And I think also that I had the Spirit of God. So he basically, you know, he's like, what do you want this season of your life to look like? Your husband uh, passed away for whatever reason. And the context that he's talking about, you know, probably because, you know, he got killed for being a Christian. Um, what do you want the season to look like? Are you, are you wanting to remarry? Uh, it's okay if you do, you know, especially in that culture because like if you don't you have no covering whatsoever like you are other than the church you, you're kind of left dad you, it's not a go back to dad kind of thing and um so what he's saying is as a woman if you're if your spouse passes it's okay for you to remarry but here's the here's the exclusion here make sure it's in the lord make sure that uh you're keeping it uh following god so that's kind of what he's saying so there's a lot more things i want to say um but I'm not going to. Uh, but he kind of just addresses unmarried people for a minute. And so we need to make sure as we head into this uh, marriage class that we're going to be doing, we don't get so tunnel visioned on, hey, are you married? You should come to this. Uh, really, if you're alive and breathing, you should come to this. Uh, if you're single, 
if you're married, if you just got married, if you've been married. I think I, I wrote a little, like a little letter, a little, you know, it was just something that God put on my heart. And so there's really nobody that wouldn't benefit from this. And so uh, you really should encourage people to come, um, not because I want a bunch of people there. It really is going to make me even more nervous. If it was just the Passpoint people, I think I could really lay out some things. But with like people that I'm like, these people might actually come back to church if this is good. But if, you know, it, I don't know. I, God has made it clear this is what needs to be addressed and we're going to address it. But what I'm saying is like, I really think people could benefit. I really do. We've got family. Uh, we've got friends. We've got neighbors. Like, one of the biggest eye-opening things for Paige and I uh, was like, you mean to tell me that God has a will for my marriage? Like, I knew that there was a will for my life. I hadn't figured it out yet, but I knew that he had one. But when I was like, you mean to tell me that there's actually a will for my marriage as well? Like, that was earth-shattering for us. Like, we were smooth sailing. Not, like, smooth, but I'm just saying, like, we knew where we were going at that point. You know, it's really hard to know to win the race when you don't know where the finish line is. And so uh, when you learn those things, so you don't have to invite anybody. I guess on you. But I guarantee that there is somebody in your mind that you're like, that person could probably use this. Step out of your little comfort box and invite them. Tell them you'll be there and that you're excited about it. And so also sign up. Uh, it's it's open. So get signed up so we can start getting all the, the details figured out. If you want to help out with uh, food and drinks and all of the stuff, talk to Paige and we will kind of divvy that up you know different weeks for different people you might be like i have to miss this one week that's fine but we just want to know what we're working with and so uh, with that let's pray if you have any questions uh we'll go from there so father i love you thank you for today uh thank you for just being good to us lord i do pray that uh, you do get all the honor and all the glory for everything in our lives especially uh, in our marriages or future marriages lord uh, the, the best way for us to be a testimony to the world is be different than them uh, in a good way. And so when people see a marriage that actually works, that actually like uh, flourishes, uh, people are like, what in the world is going on there? Well, it's because uh, the, the devil's a punk and he destroys marriages first. And so uh, if we can give them the truth of what God says about it, um, they can have it as well. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just give us the boldness over the next few weeks to invite people and that this would really be something that you get the glory for. I pray that um, you would just speak to us, uh, allow us to grow, um, not so much change, Lord, but grow into who you want us to be. And so, Lord, I pray you get all the honor and the glory in Christ's name. Amen. Miss, did you have something? I was going to say, you were talking about the, the burning verse. It always ties me back to Proverbs.